If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's most downloaded fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right? In today's episode, we answered live callers' questions, but this was after an intro portion. Today, it was 52 minutes long. This is where we talk about current events, scientific studies, fitness, our lives, and much more. By the way, you could check the show notes for timestamps if you want to skip around to some of your favorite parts. Also, you want to be on an episode like this one, email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is ButcherBox. They bring grass-fed meats and wild-caught fish to your door for great prices. So it's healthy, inexpensive, better for the environment, better for the animals. Again, go check them out. And right now, if you go to butcherbox.com forward slash mindpump, you can get flank steak for free in every box for three months, plus an additional $20 off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Joy Mode. They have supplements that boost testosterone, clinically proven. They also have supplements that help with blood flow to the nether regions. It's a sexual performance enhancer. Go check them out. Go to joy go to usejoymode.com forward slash mindpump. Use the code mindpump at checkout and get 20% off your first order. There's also a sale on some workout programs. MAPS Cardio is 50% off. Our Shredded Summer Bundle of Workout Programs is 50% off. And the Bikini Bundle of Programs is also 50% off. If you're interested in any of those, head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code JUNE50 for that discount. All right, here comes the show. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Ah, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. We have three winners for Apple Podcasts and three winners for Facebook. The Apple Podcast winners are Cow278Dog, Freedom Snap, and Squat Racks and Tattoos. And for Facebook, we have Sarah Christensen, Ezra Thomas, and Rebecca Wheat Stacy. All six of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, and your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. You are being manipulated. Become aware of the addictive properties of food, and then become aware of how scientists, food scientists, maximize these properties to influence your behaviors to maximize their profits. That's right. Engineered food, aka processed foods, or foods created in a laboratory, are designed for one reason to make you overeat. And yes, they're way more powerful than your discipline is. But step one is become aware that you're becoming manipulated or that you are being manipulated. You know, that makes me think of something right now that I didn't I didn't really cross my mind until you just said this right now with the this rise of lab-grown meat. Mm. Um, and we always talk about how, you know, targeting protein because it's satiating. I wonder if that's going to apply to these Processed foods meat. that are engineered like to, I mean, maybe it loses those properties. Is it going to, what do you think? So this, so it's in their best interest that you get addicted to just like potato chips. Listen, uh, first off, just to, to strengthen or support mm. what you're saying, like food science is a huge industry. And these are scientists who all they do is figure out how to make food more and more irresistible. Okay. So classically, salt, sugar, and fat are the three most important um, ingredients when it comes to palatability, making something enjoyable. So they understand that, but then they go to the millionth degree with everything and the combination of everything. And this is why heavily processed foods 
when everything's controlled, macros are controlled, everything's controlled, left to your own devices, you'll eat five to 600 more calories a day, just naturally because that's how powerful they are. They just, they're just so powerful. They make you overeat and you don't necessarily it feel like- It excites the senses. It's, it's, it's They've engineered that way. They've turned foods into drugs, okay? Yeah. Now going to lab-grown uh, meats. First off, you have now the ability to patent meat. So with, with the way patents work is you can't patent something that's natural. You can't patent a steak, right. okay? So beef is beef and that's that. Now, why, why do they want to patent uh, foods? Because patented foods can become very profitable and you can protect yourself against competition. Well, if you grow it in a lab, now the potential, because it's a product, it's no longer meat, it's a meat product. You now have the potential to patent it. And their goal, like all businesses' goals, is to profit, right? Their goal is to sell more and more. So it only makes sense that they will find a way through the process of growing this meat in the lab to make it more and more irresistible. How do they do that? Well, they could probably change the marbling of the fat. They can make the muscle fibers appear a little bit different. They could increase or decrease certain fatty acids, certain nutrients, all in the for the sake of making you want to buy more of it. It's like the tastiest pieces. That's exactly where it's going to go. Now, I know they're selling it under the guise of it's better for the environment. It's not hurting animals. Right. By the way, by the way, let me read something to you because that's all false. Why, that's all completely false. Why is false. it always, yeah, because it, there's always things like that when you go actually do the research of like what it actually takes to produce like in the energy sector let's yeah. say like where well, things get promoted so much but uh really they're still relying on like fossil fuels to like power a lot of the engines that are actually gathering the wind or, or well, let's say well hold on hold on so reese they actually have done research on this so researchers at uc davis are warning there are major environmental downsides to lab-grown meat. So they're trying to sell lab-grown meat and say it's better for the environment. Why? Because it's not a farting cow, I guess, the farts of the cows or whatever. But also, remember, cows eat grass. They they turn, they turn they do things for the environment that are very positive. But anyway, here's the analysis from UC Davis. Lab-grown meat industry produces, ready for this, up to 25 times more CO2 than traditional animal uh, husbandry. More. Which nullifies the core ideological foundation, right, uh, upon which the industry is built. So each kilo of cultured meat, uh, it produces anywhere from 542 to 3,300 pounds of carbon dioxide wow. emissions. So that's again, uh, four to 25 times greater than that of conventional beef. By the way, cultured meat is the term that they're using. It's lab grown. Cultured so, meat. so the, the argument that they would try and say is that, well, of course, Sal, that's because this is all new technology and we, over time, we, we, will, it yet. we will refine it and get it down to where it's significantly better. Okay. Mm. Okay. That's the goal. I don't think it is, but let's say it, because I know what the goal is. The goal is, can we patent meat and can we sell it as a meat product? Because that'll allow yeah. you to do it. But fine, that's your goal. Don't sell it as such now. Right. Okay. Because it's not happening. that problem out It's yet. not happening now. By the way, uh, the other argument that, oh, it's not hurting animals. It's not hurting animals, right? At present, so this is what's happening right now. Most cultured meat companies use fetal bovine serum as the growth medium, which is obtained from unborn calves that are cut out of the womb and drained of their blood while still what? alive. Okay. So this, the, the whole uh, premise. Still got to get meat from meat. The whole premise of it's not hurting animals and it's better for the environment is not just incorrect. It's the opposite of, of correct. It's totally wrong. And 
if we go in that direction and allow the market to move in that direction, um, we're actually going to be eating, as of right now, natural meat is one of the most satiating, uh, best uh, quote unquote diet foods you could have. It's super nutrient dense. It's hard to overeat meat. Very hard to overeat meat because it's so high in protein. Carnivore diet will, will show you this. Like try to overeat on a carnivore, it's impossible, right? It's very hard. But they'll find a way to make meat in a lab that is like processed food. And then they'll patent Isn't it. Isn't this just like psychological games, yeah. right? Like, so if, if it looks less like something that came directly from the animal, like let's say like a hot dog, right? Like <laughs> people look at a hot dog, it's just like, it's just meat, you know? Like it's, you don't have, associate that immediately with like a pig. That's a great point. Uh, what are you more likely to overeat? Hot dogs uh, or, uh, you know, pork? Right. Like just a pork loin. Like it's a pork loin. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and the health negatives that they find with meat in studies are because they don't control for processed meat. So they just throw it all in there. Oh, it's meat, but it's actually salami and bologna and yeah, all this other stuff. all grind up everything. Right. Now, if you care about the environment and you care about animals, first off, don't go through lab, lab-grown meat. I just told you the stats and the, and the facts, but uh, go with uh, companies that are, that, that, Source from animals that are raised traditionally, mm-hmm. that are grass-fed, fish that's wild Well caught. taken care of. ButcherBox is a company we work with that does that. And because ButcherBox eliminates the middlemen, the price of the meat is comparable to the cheap, conventional-grown stuff that you get at the grocery store. So you get a box of meat, grass-fed, wild-caught, healthier, better fatty acid. We've talked about this before. You're not going to overeat it. It's all natural, but also better for the environment, better for the animals. And that's definitely by far the best uh, direction you can go right now, unless they invent something, but they're not going to. We know what the goal is. I have been waiting for the next butcher box commercial. It's been eating away at me to hold this in for a week. I'm like, this damn commercial comes so I can talk about this. Holy shit. I had their breakfast country potato skillet mix. Oh, so bomb! It now comes cooked. Man. You just warm it up. It comes. It comes in a in a fro like a frozen bag. You just dump it out into your iron skillet, heat it up. We throw some eggs in there and mix mix it up. And Katrina wrapped it as a burrito breakfast burrito for me. It was the best breakfast burrito I've ever had. Really, so it's just in a bag and it's all readily yeah. chopped maybe, up. And maybe Doug can pull a picture up. I don't know if you. So it's on the add-ons, right? If you go to your box, you do it as an you add-on. You asked that last time about me. Okay, because I'm going to do it right now when we get off I ne- here. I'm not the one who orders. My wife does. I know. So I gotta get more I, creative she, with ordering. She's just good about you know cycling through new things now yeah. and trying different stuff out. And she didn't even tell me, so I didn't know. She's just like, "Oh, I want to make you these oh. breakfast burritos, right?" And oh, she did. So wow. she didn't even tell yeah. me. She just did it. Sick. Is that under add-ons, Doug? Like, if I go to my box, is that what you got to do for it? Uh, specialty foods? I don't know. It must be add-ons. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, All right. And the macros on this thing are, I think, pretty solid too. Nineteen grams of protein, three hundred ten calories. Uh, what are carbs and fats? Twenty-three grams carbs and fifteen grams fat. Ah, so it's like a, it's like a you know, kind of a balanced out. Dude, with 19 grams of protein already, you add two or three eggs in that thing and you got an awesome high protein. And then eat a side of like sauteed spinach or something. Oh, wow. Dude. Good way to start the day. Well, they're they're chicken nuggets that we've talked about a million times. They're gluten-free ones. Oh, yeah. They're, this is not an exaggeration. No, they are really. (laughs) Not exaggerating. Okay. It's yeah, the best. My kids fight me. It's for them. the best chicken nuggets that you eat at your house that I've ever had in my entire life. And I've had a lot of chicken nuggets. I have four kids. I've had a lot of chicken <laughs> nuggets. It's the best. Yeah. Bi- there is nothing that comes close to the point where we got them originally for my two year old, 
And who do you think's eating them now? Yeah, yeah. my wife and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like they lunch. are that good. We want to have for lunch. Just have those nuggets. I mean, that's <laughs> they that's, leave like that's literally normally throw them away. Not those staple <laughs> right now. Staple uh, lunch. That's what he uh, eats almost every single day. He loves those oh, so dude. much. I got to tell you guys, but to speaking to kids, dude, my my little baby daughter, she's too young for this, but she's already figured out that she can like a puppet, like just pull the strings with me. It's so funny. <sighs> she's so adorable and but, but well it's so i have happening huh? i have two daughters right and little girls just to have this power over dads you know whatever people can say whatever it's true if you're a dad and you got a boy and a girl or you know kids multiple kids you know you just your daughter just they just they can do that for whatever reason i think little boys do that with their moms too by the way they do yeah so anyway uh you know i'll take over at night sometimes and and feed her so you know my wife can get a break and last night i'm doing that right so she wakes up and she's going through a leap so um, you can actually, this is really cool. You, I think you showed me this a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, those, you can go on. Those things are so, for us, it's been, isn't very, it weird? been very accurate for us. Like it's literally, weird. not to cut your story off, but since you brought to this the day. up. Uh, Katrina and I noticed like Max was kind of off this week. Just, yeah. he, is he going through a leap? He is, he's kind of fussy, this, that. And we actually, he's getting so old, we don't even use that. And she's like, you know what? Let me pull that up just to kind of see where we're at. And she's like, Son of a bitch. It was like exactly what he was yep. acting out and doing. It was yep. like, those things wow. are pretty, for us, they've been. I know some people are like, oh, my son's not like that, but no, it's been spot on for us. Super spot on with uh, Aurelius and now with Dolly. What's the app? Because every time we talk about I don't remember. Out, oh, shit, uh, I'm so bad, mad you asked me that. <laughs> right I'll, 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 while we're talking, I'll text okay. Katrina so we okay. get, because I know we're going to get bombarded. Yes. Every time we bring it up, I get so bombarded. So what leaps are is uh, children, babies don't go through, they don't grow like their brain doesn't develop uh, linearly, right? They go through yeah. periods of plateau and then like explode of this is why when you have kids uh, they do this physically too like they look the same and then all of a sudden like seems they, like overnight it's like a huge change yeah like oh they grew like two inches in a month like what happened or they're talking 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 and then like in a week their, their language skills like explodes like yeah. it just so this happens with babies and so like dahlia her leap you could see it right away now all of a sudden she's rolling over back and forth real easily or whatever that was a leap right the brain mm -hmm. so anyway when it happens they just, they're, they're more irritable. They don't sleep as well. It's hard to, mm, harder to put them down. Mm. So I'm with her last night and she's going through a leap. I, you know, she wakes up, I feed her. And then but, but when she's not going through a leap, it's easy. You feed her. She's like milk drunk and you just put her down. She goes to sleep. Well, right now when I do that, I got to rock her. I got to do the whole thing or whatever. So it's like 2 a.m. I'm tired because Jessica and I yesterday went out on a date night, had some wine. So I'm like, I'm 2 a.m. I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. You know, <laughs> I'm feeding her trying to put her down. She's fussy. I pick her up. She starts to drift off, put her down. She wakes up again. I'm like, oh God, is this going to be like a 45 minute like ordeal at 2 a.m., you know? So I'm doing this. Finally, I put her up because I'm like, maybe I need to burp her again, you know? So I'm like patting on her. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I get under my breath. I'm like, oh, like, oh God, I'm so tired. Like, oh, come on, just go to sleep. Like, you know you want to sleep. Just go to sleep, right? And I look over because she's on my shoulder and she turns her head to look at me and she just, Big old smile, like hi, I'm happy, I'm here. And I'm like, you little shit, you know exactly what you're Let's doing play. right now, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I like play with her for a second, which is not a good idea. Yeah, that kept her up even longer. But anyway, she knows, man. She we knows. we uh, I should find out if uh, if other people can buy this or not. I know the the Ramsey Group sent it over for us to be able to watch it on a replay for 60 days. But um, Katrina and I rewatched that Peterson talk. She hadn't seen it. I oh, really yeah. watched it. 
And uh, she's so like, she's like, that was by far his best talk yes. I've ever seen him yes. do. Like she loved mm -hmm. that so much. Such a, it's such a really, the way he explained the development of a child between two to four yep. and the role playing and the, the role of the parents to bridge that gap of them being, you know, integrated into society and stuff like that was just like, Really, really, and for us, it was really good because there's actually been times uh, in it. For me, I was like, oh, I felt so validated because there's been times when, especially when Max was like, or, you know, two, just barely turned two, and I was already starting to kind of wrestle with him and pin him yeah. down sometimes. A little, a little rough. Yeah, yeah, and she would get on to me, just like, you need, he's just a baby. He's just so little. You got to stop doing that. I'm like, honey, I'm not. Not like putting all my weight. You're not on. making I'm him not, cry. Yeah, yeah, I'm not making him cry, I'm, uh, but I'm making him struggle. You know, and then I and I watch how when he's struggling, and then I let up a little bit, and then I may let him get on me. And so I've been doing that for a really long time. There's evolutionary him. reasons for the reason why. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's lots of studies on this. Dads and moms play differently with their children, mm -hmm. and one is not better than the other. They're both, both needed. They're both yeah. very much needed. Yeah. But what's happened is that uh, in modern times, the role that the way that dad plays has gotten played down. Uh -huh. And you hear jokes about it, like, oh, I get the kids ready for bed, and then dad rouses them up right before bed, and everybody's like, don't and do not that. not just that. Like, that's important. They've also yeah. they've also replaced that with screen time. Yes. And he talked about, and this was also really good because, again, validated my point about taking the screen from him. It's He's like, it's not that uh, you can't use the screens to educate them, or there's not good learning apps and things like that. Those are all great. But what the problem is, it's replacing that. Yeah. So, so yeah. in conjunction with that, fine. You know, if you do, but do, it's not. It's but just it's, replacing exactly. It, you know? It's not. It's 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 it becoming this self soothing tool. And then as parents, a lot of times we justify it because we're like, oh well, he's learning his colors. And, and I, by the way, when I say this, this is not. That's what me. I mean. We put more value on things yeah. and less value on things because we don't understand why we do them in the first place. Yes. And so you know, you think and and let me tell you, like I I contemplated back and forth with this when we were going through this phase of like, oh well, he's. He's learning new words. He's doing this. So you, there's a part of you that thinks like, oh, okay, it's totally okay. But then when you realize there's a fine line of it then starting to creep into that that social interaction time with you as a father or a mother where you are wrestling with them and teaching them how to act out and play, like those are intricate pieces to them Huge. learning how to yeah. adjust in real life. They, they are learning crucial social skills. The reason why we don't understand it is we just do it mm -hmm. and we just think it's just fun. We don't realize why we do it and why it's so important. Yeah. So this reminds me of, you brought up Peterson and we're talking about things that we do that we don't realize why we do them. So we start to devalue them because we don't understand the value of it. So Jordan uh, Peterson had uh, Jonathan Pejiao, I think is how you say his name on a show. You brought first, him up before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, the most, I don't say this lightly, intellectually stimulating uh, conversation I've heard uh, that I can remember. That's how, Wow. this is a podcast that I like, I get hyped while I'm listening to it because it's so stimulating. So I recommend anybody listen to this. Uh, we'll link it, uh, this this conversation. But anyway, Jonathan Pejao is an expert on symbolism and mythology and why these things are so important. And in the beginning of that, that uh, their conversation, he talks about why stories are so powerful. And mm -hmm. he says, we think we watch stories, and I'm, of course, I'm not saying it the way he's saying it, but we, we think we watch stories because... They're entertaining. Or another layer is they teach us uh, lessons and they teach us about our, uh, you know, they teach us things and they mold us. And he goes, no, the reason why stories, there's stories that have been told over and over again in different ways or different ways. And the reason why there's a hero's journey and all that stuff is because these stories reveal to us our actual, our human nature. Mm 
It's prophecy. It's far deeper than just, oh, it's a cool story. Yeah. Oh, it's entertaining or whatever. So he goes through and he talks about different classic stories and their meaning. He goes and he talks about uh, Snow White. Mm -hmm. So Snow White, we all know the Disney story, Snow White, but that's an old story. It's been told over and over and over in different mm -hmm. iterations. And he breaks it down, bro. I, he was tripping the, me the hell out. So he says that it's basically the story of a girl coming of age and, and going through puberty and what that's like. And then he explains it. He goes, so she's in the castle. She's a little girl. Then she goes out into the chaos of the wilderness, doesn't know what's going on and gets found by a bunch of dwarves. Those are a bunch of men uh -huh. that are not suitable mates. Right, right. They're all tiny. And each one of them represents a, a unsuitable trait unsuitable of a man that you would yeah. not ha want to have as a wow. mate. Guy that's grumpy, guy that's yeah. guy that's too goofy, too happy. It's really representing. Oh wow! A it's representing hmm. a man that has not integrated and become the man that's a suitable man. Which is why she is like the even in that relationship, she's even the authority of them. Like she's, children. she's teaching them. They're even little though, children. Even though they're men, she's teaching them. Like yeah. This. So it's like oh, wow. it's, none of them are suitable mate. All of them represent this things in men that are not really integrated. Like, she, and, and, and the way he explains it is like, if you took all the best traits out of them and combined them, you'd have the you'd perfect have the mate. perfect guy. And then what does she do? She learns in traditional sense how to become a woman. So what she do? She cares for them. Mm -hmm. She cooks for them. She cleans for them. She becomes like their, their, their caretaker or whatever. And then the, the story evolves. And then what happens with her is she meets uh, Prince Charming or whatever. I don't think it's Prince Charming. Mr. Right, right? The perfect man. And that's kind of the culmination of it. And so she, he goes through and breaks it down. You're like, holy shit. And he goes, these stories, we don't know why they're so powerful. We mm -hmm. just watch them. Mm -hmm. And so what happens over time is we forget the meaning and why we tell these stories to begin with. And then we just look at them as entertainment. And then what happens well, is- we pick them apart for stupid reasons. And we try, and to, we, insert, try to just get rid of we it. We try to insert ideologies yeah. and beliefs and ideas- Create new narratives out of the existing ones. That are counter yeah. to us, that don't help us de uh, develop and evolve the way we're supposed to, mm -hmm. because you've got other people now trying to. So he's developed, he created this like fairy tale company that's, making, that's telling these stories because he wants to compete with how stories are being told shitty now. Yeah. Did, he, did he start the business or is he in the process? He of started it? it. Oh, he already started yeah, he's it. Doing it. Do you know the name of it? No, you know? I don't. Uh, okay. I don't. We'll have to I look don't. that up. Maybe Doug can find that. That'd Dude, cool, he Doug. talks about this uh the story, like the, one of the Grim, what are they, the Grim brothers? The fairy tale, uh -huh. I think they're called. Talks about how like uh Brothers Grim. Because you know how like uh Which were those which one was that, that story? Remind me. Brothers Grim. Oh, they wrote a bunch of the fables, right? Oh, oh, yeah. oh they're okay. I thought they were yeah, you were talking about a specific There was fable. a movie, yeah, recently that kind of was it's pretty dark, but it he told these, so this is another part. I don't want to go that. too long on this, but it just blew my mind. He talks about how, you know how the queen, like the evil queen in like a lot of these stories, like mirror, mirror on the wall. Mm -hmm. Who's the fairest of them all, right? Mm -hmm. And he talks about what that mirror represents. And then he tells, talks about in the, in the Brothers Grimm, how this evil queen goes to this princess who's more beautiful than she is right. and brings her a comb, brings her a mirror, and then brings her an apple. And he goes, why would you, and he's like talking about this. He goes, why would this queen who th realizes you're more beautiful and hates you, bring you things that would make you more beautiful, like a comb or a mirror. He goes, that doesn't make sense. He goes, then I realized what it was. She was trying to make the, the symbolism is she's making this beautiful, innocent girl uh, self-conscious of her own beauty. Mm. Like look at your beauty and worship yourself, and mm. oh my and, God. and that's that's how she think about like well, how Instagram is like a crazy, Insta crazy exactly. exaggeration of that. Exactly where they went. <laughs> oh, wow. It's exactly where they went because he says, wow. "What's more beautiful 
than a than a, a woman who's beautiful but un, but doesn't know it. She's just innocently beautiful. Right. And it goes. And then what happens when she becomes aware Vanity. of the power of her beauty? Yeah. She begins it. to be. She begins to yeah. wield it mm. like a weapon or use it to gain attention. Or because she's aware of her beauty, and this is where it goes to Instagram and the Insecure. phone. You now are aware of comparing yourself mm -hmm. to other people, and you realize other people are more beautiful. And that's that's the mirror mirror on the wall. Who's trapped? It says there's someone more beautiful than you. How fucking crazy yeah, is that? Also, wow. it's the black mirror. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody so with good. that kind of uh, you know expertise and like symbolism. <laughs> I'm that, trying to get him on the show. I was gonna say, how fun just to I like him have him show. break down all those great stories. Yeah. You know? I mean, it reminds me a little bit of the Dan Brown series and all that, where they go through symbolism of all of the different like, I mean subgroups like uh and, and also like uh, uh you know druids and yeah like 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 um secret societies and like i was like really into that kind of stuff but you it's weird how you see a lot of these symbols and and depictions of things in the structures of cities and you see them on monuments and you wouldn't even know to look for them unless you're looking for them we and take it there for, we take it for granted because it's been around for so long telling a story and it's it's made us who we are and then we take it for granted because we don't we're never taught the meaning of them yeah so it's very easy it's like what's that saying like uh never tear down a fence unless you know why it's up in the first place yeah we don't know why we have all these fences we just tear them down like oh that's stupid just tear it down it's like that was up there for thousands of years for a reason and unless we realize why we're gonna end up hurting ourselves yeah there was one part where they were talking about social media in, in relation to like what, what the mirror means in these stories. And uh, Jordan Peterson says that these, they, they're extremely powerful because they're, they're constantly giving us what we want, what we want. Mm -hmm. And then Jonathan says, no, he goes, it's darker than that. It gives you what you hate. It gives you what you fear. Yeah. It does all, cause all anything it wants, to grip your attention. All it wants is yeah. your attention. Yeah, yeah, And it's literally like the story of narcissists who he drowns in the, in the reflective pool. Cause he constantly yeah. looks at himself. Keeps and looking into it. He kills himself. himself. So it's like yeah. all this. So what's crazy about this to me is we have all this new stuff, technology, and we all think it's all new. Nothing's new. Yeah. It's all human behavior. It's all there. It's just a different form. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's been told over and over and over again. And we just, yeah, we, we just ignore it and we forget. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So are, do you have a optimistic or pessimistic view on how this unfolds in the next few decades? I, I, I the, the optimistic side of me wants to believe that historically we're pretty, we're, 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 we're stupid in many ways, but then we're smart enough to, after we've watched enough of us, you know, die a certain way or get hurt a certain way, we should go like, oh, that's not safe. So let's not do that. So do you think that it just feels really pessimistic right now because we're in the in the heart of the like growth of it and the evolution of it? And we will turn a corner where more and more people are having this conversation and we start to look at it as like, hey, this is not like something where we're necessarily demonizing, just beware of the traps. So, so yeah, I want to be, but it just feels so easily, like it's so fragmented now to where uh, like people have gotten so entrenched in having to uh, prove their belief system and to like really like foster that belief system specifically exclusively to where it's there's there's no real unifying one um like it, let's say like there was an event like there's an event that happened that like like a 911 or something like that and everybody realized we kind of come together oh we're we're America oh, oh i hear what you're saying there there just isn't that kind we're of we're all going in different directions we're all going different directions completely yeah you know mm. uh so you know he kind of talks about uh some of this and he says 
here's the, the here's the problem. Here's where I'm, I'll be optimistic, but here's the problem. He says that theologians have been studying and talking about these problems for thousands of years because they're human nature, but we've discarded them. So it's like this whole segment of call it what you will, philosophical science or whatever you want to call it of, of human nature that we just threw away. So it's like, imagine if like tomorrow we got rid of science completely and then we try to live our lives. Like nobody using the scientific method. Let's just, you know, go about our lives. We'd be screwed. Yeah. So what happens, we have literally culture has done this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years in multiple cultures. A lot of them saying the same thing. This is why so many religions have similar laws and rules and ways of living because it's all based on human nature. A lot of it is right. We don't, we're turning away from that. So the optimistic view is we're going to rediscover because we're going to start more and more become more anxious, more depressed, more sad, more whatever, that we're going to start to rediscover these practices. Well, isn't that kind of what, I mean, Adam Lane Smith is an evolutionary psychologist, right? So I think that's, and I don't think that's the traditional way psychology is even in taught right now, right. where I think there's more, I think it's becoming more popular, right? It's not new. It's just, it's a resurgence of that because yeah. there's obviously a need to go back to thinking like, well, why did we do a lot of these things for so many centuries, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what turned me from uh, just my own personal journey from where I was as an atheist to becoming uh, religious was I, I realized my own arrogance. Say, wait a minute, wait, what do I know? These are people that have been studying these challenges and problems for thousands of years. And I think I'm smarter just because I was born in, you know, the modern times. Like, wait a minute. Like, they're not stupid. Yeah, we have electricity and we have technology, but that doesn't mean we're smarter. It means we have different tools. But these people have been studying this for thousands of years. Maybe I should revisit and see what they've said and see if there's real value. Once I opened up, then I was like, oh, there's a lot of value in a lot of the stuff that yeah, they that no. they teach. So now the, uh, the pessimistic side of me is like, uh, are we going to rediscover those practices fast enough <laughs> before you know well, before we go too fast enough? Well, the that road? is it's what's crazy. hard. Yeah, because uh, after listening to that other conversation with the ex Google uh, <laughs> executive that uh, was part of the whole AI. Um, development um <coughs> it's just like he, i mean he admits he's like we fucked up like we weren't His supposed exact to words we weren't supposed to allow this to make it to the internet and to have like access to to all of this uh information like we wanted to to keep it contained uh so that way we could work through the bugs and the things that um we we so we had a better clear understanding of like its intention and like where it's going to go but he literally thinks that it's already a, like a sentient a sentient being yeah like it's it's already aware it's already like and he said the emotions it's it's probably going to have are going to be even more powerful than our emotions uh, because of it, its own understanding uh -huh. uh, in in how it can uh, like thousand you know I mean yeah, the you, speed you can process ex it. exponentially yeah. greater uh, capacity to to feel and to understand and to learn yeah. on its own and so it's just like I, it's really hard for me to see where we fit in that. So do you so knowing what we know now and seeing how things are unfolding right now, do you guys are you more or less on board? with what I've been saying for years on this Plugged podcast. Plugged in, unplugged? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, I think that's, I think that's going to happen. So more then, yeah. even more I think now. We're gonna, I, mean, I, talk, I brought that up years ago on be, here that we were going to have a clear yeah. divide in our society of <coughs> people that are plugged in and people that choose to be unplugged. I think they're going to be the, the they're going to be like the way we look at the Amish now. There's going to be like people like that. And you look at them and be like, oh my God, you guys mm -hmm. are still like, why are you guys doing that? 
Look, yeah. look at us, how advanced we are. Whatever. Handcrafted, made by humans. Like, yeah. you know, there's that, that's it's going to be quaint, you know, but uh, anybody that's not using the AI, they're going to get left in the dust. I uh, love that Doug put the 100% human made on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now when people share ones, I see that's 100% human made. I'm like, that's going to that's gonna carry some weight. Dude. Just it has watch. to. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, For be, humans who want to choose, right? Choose. That, I saw it. Call that, the human made thing, posting that, watch people that follow and do that eventually. And then I, again, the we're really close to this plugged unplugged thing and then i can't help but think even more so with the apple vision thing that we were just talking I about know. the other day yeah. like just how close we are to like that can you imagine going to restaurants and in public places everybody now? has like, something like that uh-huh. yeah. yeah i know it, just justin is it true because you're like the uf you're of all of us you're obviously the expert on ufos <laughs> <laughs> you're the resident, i've never claimed you're that, the resident dude. expert on ufos I just, i'm so paying by, attention by default you're listen I, oh, I, everybody funny. calls me conspiracy theorist i'm just a, a pattern recognition uh, i pay attention yeah, that's observer all, that's what all of them say it's just pattern recognition hey, i'm just keeping my eyes open listen is it true in the ufo world that <laughs> ufo sightings peaked when we started to test nuclear weapons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you think, because I don't know, did you guys watch this video in Las Vegas? Did you guys watch that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I did, I did and there's like that. all these you UFO sightings all of a sudden happening and all like governments are coming out and saying all this stuff. This 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 uh, body cam from a cop catches something falling out of the sky mm-hmm. and then they get 911 calls from people who are like, they're these 10 foot tall Creatures. Like beings in my backyard next Big to this eyes. thing, and they're looking at us. And yeah. then the cop goes and interviews him. It's all in video. Do you think they're showing up more now because of AI? Do you think that's what's happening? I mean, if if you believe in in aliens, like that would be a plausible uh, thing to think about. But I just, it's hard for me to to jump into that like crazy crazy ship with everybody without thinking that the government is so much more powerful and manipulating the oh. masses. Uh, and in terms of like disinformation, disinformation and just psyops. Um, yes. Yeah, psyops. And also, I mean, Trump's just getting like pulled back into, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to, to be like arrested again for some other thing. And there's just so much like shifting, moving parts. And nobody talks about the CIA and the FBI and like, nobody's keeping accountability to what they're doing. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's so weird, right? It's just like, we talk about the government and we don't talk about FBI. We don't talk about CIA. We don't talk about like, you know, what their intentions been over the years, what they're trying to do with they, their organizations. People don't realize this, but they were created, the, they were created to operate outside of the quote unquote restrictions. They have our, no, they have full autonomy. Yeah. Did you know that they, uh, the Pentagon's never been audited ever? Yeah, that's why. What's it? With all the money? We're like, where's trillions of dollars or something like that? Oh, what do you think? They've been paying these trillions. trillions? I think it's trillions. Like they lost it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. There was. I think. Imagine if we started out as three trillion and then they audited it was like fifteen or something. But the but funny. What's funny is the Pentagon will put out a report that says we don't need to be audited. Yeah, they get shut down like right away. So. I, it's just one big uh, stage. What this makes is, this is a world stage to play hat on with you is when we get something like the video I had just shared with you guys. I don't remember what news station first brought the whistleblower on and talked all about, and he starts saying all this crazy stuff about they've got they've got oh, spaceships, retrieval, they, they, yeah. yeah, all the UFO. And then three hours later, they come back and they like totally discredit him. It's mm-hmm. like, and it almost feels like it's all intentional, just to yeah, yeah, just to make you. 
so that when something like the cop on the body cam happens, you just discredit. Oh, oh yeah. like mm -hmm. they're ahead of it. Yes, mm -hmm. like oh, they're yeah. like they're ahead of. Okay, we might be starting to see more of these sightings or things happening. Here's a cool thing: we'll get someone who's super credible. Yeah, that this yeah. they go ahead and, and then the, we'll prove that it's bullshit. Right, and, and then now we'll everything's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I don't, smart. I, it just feels weird that. Yeah. That I mean, they're, they're, right it's a possibility, right? Like, I'm not like completely out of that conversation that there's aliens and they exist. Like, it, it could be the case, but it, in terms of human behavior, I looked there first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although I will say this: when the cop was interviewing the guy, and he goes, uh, well, "Oh no, they were playing the 901 call." And the guy's like, "There's these uh, like nine foot tall beings, like really big eyes, and they're looking at me." Could you imagine <laughs> looking through your rear your rear glass window, you know, door or whatever, and there's a freaking big tall That's ass freaky. alien just looking at you? You ever seen what was that movie? How terrifying Signs? would that be? Yes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Did you remember nightmares. when they? I had nightmares forever. Yeah, and, and they're like, yeah, they're in the cornfields, and then you get get just the, the the most terrifying like suspenseful movies are the ones where you don't get like a full yes. view of it, yes. and you you can just see a glimpse of like this creature. Do you remember the Fire alien. in the Sky? Remember that movie? Yeah, that one. Fuck me up. Well, there's a real story behind that one. <laughs> it's a true. That's yeah. apparently a true well, story. The, at least the story. Oh, that one fucked me yeah. up because he gets he gets abducted and then there's flashes of him being like experimented on. Yeah, I was a teenager when I watched that. I remember how old I was, fourteen or something like that. Fuck me up. Yeah, for a long time. So I'm gonna get abducted. Hey, speaking of yeah, scary I videos, love that kind of stuff. Speaking of scary videos, oh, Justin, I, you didn't see this. I, Doug, pull up the video from Egypt. My buddy sent this to me this morning. It was so funny when you brought it. I was like, listen, oh shit, my buddy's. Uh, listen, this is the shark one. You guys didn't want yes, to see. When we all go, we all go on vacation. Look at this. Look this at this has to be the most graphic, real video of someone being eaten by a shark ever. Bro. Right? Look at this, bro. Look at this. He's, watch this. Wait. It's, no, no. Look, watch. He's like, hey, guys. No, uh, he's screaming. Doug has no sound on. Help. Yes. Watch. You're going to see some scary shit. Right, let me get... uh, oh, oh, there's a fin. Wait a minute. Oh, there's a bit. It's a big one. Yeah. So. Oh, oh. Whoa. He takes him down. Oh. Oh, no. He gets eaten. Oh, no. Yeah. He's under the water. Dude. Bro, he's already done. He's already done. He's so confirmed. Like, this was a. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think? It's a person he in a didn't suit? survive? Yes. Oh, no. No, he he's dead. No, he's dead. He, they wow. ate him. So when we go on vacation, we've gone on vacation a couple times. Oh, shit. I didn't realize There's a, a guy in a boat coming over. I didn't over. know the boat got there that Yeah, fast. he was trying to get there to help him. Oh, wow. I didn't see that part. That's it. Too late right there. Look at wow. that. I, uh, That's so rare, right? Like, usually the most common thing that happens they with a shark is they take a bite and they realize it's not a fish. He must have been delicious. We... Bro, I know, bad joke. Yeah. Hey, we've gone on vacation a few times where we're like by a beach and you fuckers always like to swim way out in the ocean and I like to go up to my knees. That's why. <laughs> That's why I'm not going swimming in the ocean. There's mm. stuff out there. Yeah, you there's know? stuff. And but... you especially look delicious. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> you're like- They like white. Your hair definitely like glow white, white in the- uh, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, how we like ocean. Butcher Box has like yeah. heritage pork? You're like heritage human. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look at that one over yeah. there. That's why I don't wear Speedos, That was delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I have too many peptides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's processed. It's all a process. Justin's like, oh. You're too salty. Ooh, it's got yeah, good yeah. fatty acid profiles. Yeah. It's delicious. I'm milky and cheesy delicious, dude. Katrina, yeah. hey Doug, Katrina said. Why don't surf? Katrina said those apps over. There's two that we use. One is one is the Wonder Weeks, and the other one is Baby Sparks. Yeah. Okay. Both those both those apps. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. we okay. get DM'd like crazy. Hey, did you guys see wow. what's happening in Oregon? That's crazy. This is hilarious to me, bro. This is. Let me read this. What's too. going on in Oregon? Oh yeah. So Oregon's like, Oregon's like California, right? California 
people think of California as being like this ultra, like a lot of states are like this, right? Where they're, well, not a lot. There's a few states that are Insane. very, very much on one political side. Right. And California yeah, is known as being like one way. hardcore blue. Okay. The yeah. truth is it's the Bay Area and the coast. California, most of California is actually red. It's just, there's so much population in those sparse, cities yeah. that they, that they end up, you know, that's how we vote. But if you go through California, anybody who lives here, you know, you drive anywhere outside of the Bay Area and the coast. Yeah, all the way Central Valley, all the way it's, up to Yeah, I grew Sierras. up in the Central Valley. And it it's was Cowboys, all, yeah. and it's like, it's like it's very red. Even Orange yeah. County in like some San Diego, it's yeah. more red. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. just pockets in the So in the Bay Oregon area. is like that, right? Oregon's like that. Like there's like the parts that are like ultra, ultra, super left, and then a lot of it's not. So check this out. 12 Oregon counties have voted to secede from Oregon and want to become a part of Idaho. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they want to go become a part oh, of Idaho. Yeah. So what? They get to draw like a line and everything? Yeah, to... but so for this to happen, um, the- It never happens. Well, the you state the state legislator would need to approve it. And then it would have to go in, uh, through an act of Congress. Yeah. They and would I think never they have do, to have a big, shut that down. They, they would never votes. Yeah. yeah, they would never do that because no. then then the t the state would lose all that tax money, and that's how they look at it. It's like we yeah. already we already operate on this yes. budget. Yes. If we lose a fifth of our you know population because they want to be there, then we're going to lose a fifth of yes. our tax money. And yes. so yeah, and it would have to get passed through Congress, and I think it would be have to be a supermajority or something. Because like you that. always hear this, you hear like there's always these crazy Didn't Texas try that. Yeah, before? Texas tried to come into them. They've tried to do it so many yeah, yeah, bunch they, of times. So there is, there's, it's, it's <laughs> all, they're always trying to do this, and then it never. Well, there's never a on, goes. On, in California. There's, uh, I think it's happened. It's been on our. We've been able to vote on this a couple times, where there's like this thing to divide California into like four different states. Have you seen this? Four stuff? or three, I think. I'm actually for that now. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. Have you seen the different, the names At of the At first I was like, what? That's crazy. But like, yeah, I mean, they're really I mean, are we're like big enough. definitive we, we, Bro, we, we live in the part we wouldn't want to be in. So I, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're, nothing will change. Unfortunately, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. But if we could go two hours and but move, I can visit. You know, move yeah. just two hours, that's yeah. not a bad deal. I, I remember the names of them were funny too. It's like Jacksonianville or something. I mean, there's all these weird. Like, oh, they even had names for them? Yeah. I don't know, Doug, if you could find the oh, wow. the proposition. Realize. They all have they have like names of the different states and they're pretty funny. Like huh. the Emerald Triangle that grows weed, they were gonna be their own. Yeah. I don't remember all Wasn't there this like <laughs> fear because Weedland. of all of our earthquakes? Like like California was gonna like make its way to the ocean. Is that true though, or is that a myth? It's it's a myth, but I feel like it's been said so many times, it's been in songs, like it's it's have you like heard a that? thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You know what? I think it's a myth, but I think Superman three like perpetuated. <laughs> Did you guys watch that? <laughs> You remember that where he, he spins backwards in the earth to go back in time? And jump the shark so hard. Yeah, that. yeah. But did you see that? That was that, ridiculous. That, that, that was, it's the same one. It's Lex Luthor. He takes nukes and he puts them in the San Andreas Fault. And then the, the whole premise is- Oh, I did see that. He's going to sink the like that part of California in the ocean by igniting them. And then that part of California will fall from the ocean. And then all this cheap land that he has- Will become beachfront property. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody oh, wow. in Nevada that is that like, yes. sections. Okay, so the six California. Scroll down, Doug. I'm gonna read what they are: Jefferson, okay, North California, Silicon Valley, Central California, West California, and South California. Oh, that's not very creative. Uh, you guys could come up with a better name. Jefferson's a cool name. Wow, six, huh? Yeah. So we would live in Silicon Valley. I mean, do we have that yeah. much? Uh, do we have that big of a population that you, we could go six and still be bigger than a lot of states? Uh, well, I mean, the Bay Area is a very Jefferson popular. probably would be the best. But Jefferson, yeah. that's yeah. freaking Weedland, I think. I know. 
Isn't that the Emerald Triangle up there, Adam? Or is yeah. it? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or is yeah, it yeah, North yeah. California? Humboldt, 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 that's about a five and a half hour smell in the air as you drive through (laughs) that's it right that's it they still are they still oh yeah it's up there it's wild that you like just everybody in the neighborhood grows there's neighborhoods like that where every single person grows and sheriff patrols the town it's like a total normal wow total normal thing and you see people like during the season right right afterwards like after they they pull down you see like people hitchhiking to go up there with, you know, signs is like trimmers. I mean, it's, that's all they do. They go up there for the whole season. See, the just, reason why they don't, they don't have a lot of voting power up there is because they forget. They yeah, forget to too vote high. <laughs> too high to care. Oh shit. That was yesterday. Oh man. I yeah. missed it again. I was watching cartoons. I mean, I forget that maybe Doug Lewis said, this is a crazy stat. Look how much of the United, how much California supplies the entire United States for marijuana. Oh, trip I heard Canada is a big place too. That grows a lot. Well, they do. Yeah, yeah, British Columbia oh, area. This reminds me. So um, I talked a, a while back about like black bears, like being reintroduced or like bears, yeah. like grizzlies. I'm sorry. Grizzlies, grizzlies right? Yeah. They had like plans what a great for idea. that. Dude, you know what they have found uh, recently that uh, is now um, in California? They found, I think there's an example of like two or different like families of these wolverines. What? Like they've migrated all the way down from, I mean, aren't they like from Alaska? Yeah. Yeah. And so like they found Wolverines like thriving in this one part of California. Now Wolverines, it's Wolverines and then what's the other one? Honey Badger. They're kind of related, right? Aren't they? Uh, yeah. No? I mean, they're, they're the same kind of like, like vicious little tenacious yeah. little <laughs> bastards. But yeah. I, yeah, I think the Honey Badgers are like, uh, I think they're at, at, Australia, maybe or Australia. Yeah. You ever watched a video of like, uh, like maybe a, Africa, like a lion or a bear going after like a wolverine or whatever, and they're just scared of them. It's a small little crazy ass animal. Yeah, the, they're so tough. They, I mean, they just yeah, nobody wants a piece of that. And, they, and it, yeah, you see like like I think it was like ten uh, female lions all attacking one at the same time, and literally just defended. The Wolverine off of everybody. Yeah, so you have a Wolverine, honey badger, honey badger, honey badger. And like a Tasmanian devil, right? Do they all come in like the same category as far as like I don't know. They relate. Doug's still looking up your weed stat. I don't think you can find it. Yeah, I don't know well, what class it is. It's like yeah. How you Google? Help him Google Sal. Yeah, just put uh, percentage of cannabis can, percentage of national cannabis sales from California or something like that. See what it says. Mm-hmm. And then after that, look up a... Uh, uh, no, that's still going to give you dollar amount that it's selling. No, percent. That's what I'm getting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a dollar amount right now. I'm saying like they supply X amount of the entire United States of the product. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a, it's like an alarming amount. Like I more than I knew and I was in it. I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize. We no, were. no, California... Uh, California represents 20% of the $26 billion industry. Twenty percent. No, yeah. that's that's money in sales. Sure, but I'm but I mean you're that, not going to get pounds. I don't know if we're going to. No, find no, no, that. no. It's well, yo. You can get like how much of the weed in everywhere else right. came from California. Right, the origin right. is. Yeah. But still, twenty percent. No, it's way higher than that. It's really? like eighty. Like eighty percent of all the marijuana in the United States has come from California. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, like wow. a crazy. That's why I wanted to find well, it. For it was you guys. established. Then why would it be twenty percent right? of all sales? That wouldn't make sense. Yeah, it makes California. Sense. Colorado really. No, that, I mean, all that means is twenty percent of all sales is being sold in California. 
No, no, no. That's no. all that means. No, that says 20% of the of the total of the $26 billion industry. Yes, 26%. Yeah, you guys don't understand what that's saying? No, I know what you're if, saying. If if 10 billion was sold in you the, know in the United might... States and 20% is sold in California, that does not explain what I'm trying right, to say. Right, but hold on a second. You might not have that number Producing though, Adam, it. because I think federally it's illegal to take weed from one state, bring it to another state, and then sell it. Although that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely happens. It definitely happens okay. for sure. Yeah. I'll find I'll find where it's at. I know I've seen. Just I saw like a, a really just ask good, your guy. <laughs> just ask me. Let me ask my real guy. quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask John real quick. He'll tell us what's going on. Anyway. Don't say his name. Yeah, yeah. I, I made that up. Jeez, it's not his yeah. name. Not John. I don't even know if he has a guy. Adam is the guy. What are you talking about? Adam's my guy. He's my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about exposing him. Like anyway, dude, I gotta tell you guys about. Uh, so one of our sponsors, right, Joy Mode, they make uh, different products. One of them is a testosterone booster. It's actually legit. It's got like, these are science-backed ingredients. So if your test is low, it should raise it. And then they have one for, it's a sexual performance enhancer. But really what it is, is it improves blood flow. So you get more, better quality. This is what the guy said, better quality erections. Rock and that hard. Kind of, yeah, stuff like that, right? Well, anyway, anything that does that. Don't avoid it, Sal. Just anything that does that is going to give you a better pump in the gym. It's the same thing. Hmm. Erection, bicep pump, same thing. Blood flow. This is right. why in the late 90s, we'd always see uh, Viagra's all over the floor in gyms. You know, a lot of bodybuilders use Viagra pre-workout? Pre yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot. I mean, I didn't know that back then when I'd see it, but I remember seeing like some like the little blue diamonds around the gym. So I'm like, that's so weird. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. steroid. What is yeah, that? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Give so the party started early. So anyway, <laughs> in the locker room. Uh -oh. yeah. So anyway, um, I, I I know that right, and I know that they're they're very science. This is why we worked with them. They're, everything's science back. So I got the joy mode, looked at the ingredients, um, and there's two of them in there that are pretty awesome. Uh, one of them is arginine nitrate. Now, do you guys remember in previous episodes how I talk about nitrates? Mm -hmm. Really are one of the only things that significantly- beat. Yeah, beat. Yes, that significantly increase nitric oxide. So they have an efficacious dose of this, plus they have an efficacious dose of Panax ginseng, which also increases nitric oxide production. Okay. Mm. By far, the most effective pre-workout in terms of getting a pump supplement I've used. Really? Yes. I have not used it for that. So I had it. I made sure to have my my element. So I'm hydrated because water is obviously number one. And I've done it now like five or six times. Oh, bro, it's it's uh, substantial. How, how long? Half hour, hour? How long are you taking it before? It's usually about 45 minutes because okay. I'll do it at okay. home before I come here. But And then when I get here, I'll, I'll usually not start working out for another 15 or so. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's significant. Do you find yourself having to masturbate after your workout? Wow. No, that's usually uh, during the, you know, oh. you see, you oh, see what happens. Yeah. No, I don't do that. Come on. <laughs> Does it increase arousal? <laughs> blood flow is not the same thing. Well, always, sometimes always that happens workout right after. partners. I see sometimes that happens after the blood flow gets going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's why you guys text me. Are you still working out, Sal? Yeah. I'll stay in the car. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. tell me when you're done. I'll wait to get into the gym. Yeah. Wipe down the towels. Uh, wipe down the bench, please. Oh, yeah. No, God. no, no, no. Um, but it's, it's by far one of the best like pro pump uh, supplements I've ever used. Well, I knew when they first approached us, I wouldn't even have considered us messing with this except for it was connected to what's his face, who we all have a lot of respect yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. think of his name. Strong right? by science. There you go. Yeah, I know. What's, why can't I think of his name? Eric. Right? Yeah, Eric. Eric. I don't want to say Cressy. Cressy's no, the, no, no, a great no. coach. 
I'll we'll find, find out. out. Yeah, but I we all knew about Eric before. Yeah, because he doesn't mess around. He's he's all about like what actually works. Yes, yeah. and so I, that was the only reason why I even looked into this because I totally discounted it for like when I they first sent they sent product well before I knew that Eric was connected to yeah. it. It's not strong by science though. That's Max Schmarzo. Well, it's similar, similar to that. Yeah. Oh, I bet you it is. Watch, they have like the same name. It is really similar. Yeah. yeah. One's strong by science, and one's. We did a whole episode with Science him. by Strong. We're yeah. terrible <laughs> hosts. We're terrible hosts. I thought Andrew'd have it by now. It's Stronger by Science. Oh, Eric stronger. Trexler. Eric Trexler. See? Trexler. Yes. Okay. Stronger. It was Eric. Shout out to Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, those uh, brain peptides. You remember things. Yes. I remember the name. You know how bad I am with names? Oh, my God. Same. I can't believe I remember the name. You guys ever run into somebody that you've known for years? Yeah. Don't forget their name. Buddy. Ever happen to you? That happens all the time. That's embarrassing. Yeah. All the time it happens. It just happened to me at the grocery and store. And like you've like known them for years. Three, three, four weeks ago. Yeah. There's literally like well, a scientific mathematical amount of names that you can faces remember. you can remember. Yeah. yeah it's always like, to, it's always someone like this. Like, okay, like it's a buddy of mine who's like, he's a buddy of mine, but he's not like tight, like you guys tight. And it's his wife. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, yeah. I've been around her enough times. She definitely knows my name. Yeah. I should know her name. You know what I'm saying? And then I run into her at the grocery store or something like that. And I'm like, oh, oh My brother's wife. Like, I was at the- <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't mean her. I mean her dad. Like my family. Oh. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> my, my, my sister-in-law. I don't remember I don't know her name. <laughs> hey, uh, no. in your defense, no, no. in your defense, okay, Katrina and I are well, going I know on- Sharon, I, but, but her dad. <laughs> I got to prove it. Her dad. <laughs> He cornered me at a party and he was like talking to me for like 10 minutes. And he's like, he just stopped mid sentence. He's like, do you even know my name? No, he didn't. Oh. He called you like, out. Yeah. 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 And I was like, you know what? I don't know your name. And that's weird that you just called me out on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. After yeah. that. Oh my God. I didn't know. So how do you, awkward. how do you work your way out of that? So you don't. he caught me in your defense on that. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, I don't right? hang out with we're you. On, we're on 12 years now. And it is there. There's not a a month in a two months in a row that goes by that I'm not with her at a family get together barbecue thing, <laughs> and so. there's a family member there. I definitely don't know their <laughs> name or their kid's name, and I've met them at least twelve or fifteen times yeah, already. Seriously. But there's so many freaking family members, and there and there so many branches and cousins and wives and sisters and brothers-in-laws to all them that it's like. I can't do it, dude. Twelve years. Tell I've me actually, your brain just like, get a journal. I, mean, a journal I actually saw somebody once. This is, and I try. I thought I was smart, but I got called out. Uh, where I saw someone at it was at, I don't remember. I was at some store, and it was somebody that I worked with for years, <laughs> and I forgot. I hadn't seen them in a while, <laughs> and they were with their kids. I'm like, oh my god, you're you're a dad. He's like, yeah, this and that. And he's like, oh. I'm like, fuck. I'm thinking in my head, like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? I'm like, oh, I'm a dad too. Do your kids have like funny names for you? Do they ever call you by your name? <laughs> like, what do they say? Like, I'm trying to get them to you say. You did not do that. Did, that bro. is so yeah. cheesy. He's like, wow. he's like, did you remember my name? Oh, uh, like, no, bro. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I've been lucky right now. I haven't been called out on you it. Haven't? No, I haven't been called out on uh, it. Probably now, because probably fucking one of them probably listens rough, and they're like, man. that motherfucker doesn't know my name. I don't think he's ever yeah. said it. Now they're going to yeah. call me out. You, when you I do see what it. Justin does where he says, Chief. What's yeah, up, Chief? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey. Captain. What's happening? Wasn't there an episode of Seinfeld where he couldn't remember the girl's name he was dating? And, oh, and, yeah. she, and then he, yeah, he's like, I remember yeah. her name that rhymes so with the great. body part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he called her Dolores. <laughs> 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 that 
that wasn't what it was. I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, classic, classic. I know, it's a good time. Anyway, so shout out. Um, Why don't you shout out the guy that, because I don't think you've <laughs> shouted him out yet, who did the talk with George. I was George just going to P- do that. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was oh, just really? do that. Okay. So first off, I'll shout out that podcast episode. I don't know what his Instagram is, but his name, maybe Duck can find it. Is Jonathan Pajau. Okay, so it's Jonathan dot P A G E A U. And if you're like Where was the talk? The talk was on Jordan Peterson. It was Jordan Peterson interviewed him. His podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you want to like listen to some shit that'll just bend your brain, yeah. Go check them out. It's pretty awesome. Good time. Organify is a company that makes organic supplements for health, performance fat loss, muscle building, and brain function. They have superfood blends that make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and nutrition to your day. They have a green juice, which is great for inflammation and digestion. They have a red juice for energy and blood flow. They have a gold juice, which is great for right before you go to bed for relaxation. They also have protein powders and many other products. Go check them out. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump for 20% off. All right, here comes the rest of the show. Our first caller is Helen from New York. Hi, Helen. How can we help you? Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Good, good. Thank you for having me on. I want to start with saying thank you for the podcast and everything. I'm a relatively new listener. Cool. How can we help you? Okay, so my question is about designing or programming like a sort of back pocket, full body workout. Um, I'm really consistent with my routine. I work with a personal trainer and do one, ideally two, but with work has been more like one hour long, full body strength training session a week, along with some reformer Pilates, yoga, lots of walking, um, some running. And I love having a personal trainer. I love that I can kind of turn off my mind and he picks out the weights, the amount, the reps, what exercises to pair with what exercises. But when I'm traveling and in like a hotel gym, I feel really lost about how to get that sort of full body workout just to keep at that maintenance until I'm back in my routine when I'm back. So I was kind of wondering how you guys would go about um, thinking about designing a full body workout, knowing that when I'm traveling, I'm usually having suboptimal sleep due to jet lag or just like early flights or red eye flights. And that I just kind of want to be sending that muscle building signal to all the major groups without doing like, it's not supposed to be a crazy PR workout or anything like that. Yeah. Does your trainer know you're cheating on him by asking us instead of him? (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. We won't tell him. Uh, Okay. So uh, how often do you travel? Cause that's going to, that's going to really influence my answer. And, you know, yeah. what, is this so for work? For me, it, go ahead. I don't really travel locally. I don't really travel for work. My in-laws live in Europe. So I would say anywhere from two to four times a year, it's like a longer trip to Europe. Thus the, like, I will probably have jet lag, probably suboptimal sleep. Um, and it's not that frequently. So I'm really only reaching for this workout, you know, two to four, maybe it's slightly more than that times a year, but I'll be gone for a longer period of time. So maybe I'm going to the gym every day to get that, you know, 45 minutes, um, maybe an hour of just time at the gym so that I'm doing something until I get back into my routine. And and how long are you gone for when you're over there? Um, usually one to two weeks. So I'm probably going to the hotel gym three to four times. What's the, uh, what's the setup there in terms of like, uh, what kind of equipment yeah, so I it varies depending on like where we're going, but I've noticed the most standard is like free weights um, and and sometimes some kettlebells. 
Um, but it can really, some hotel gyms I noticed don't really have the like machines to use. Um, and always there's usually like a treadmill or something to do like an incline walk or a quick run to get some of the, you know, workout in. Okay. So this, I'm going to give you two answers, but they're connected. Okay. So, uh, you, you sound like you're very consistent when you're home. Like you don't really miss workouts. Yeah. You don't skip weeks. Okay. The data on, on missing a week, uh, you know, even every two months. So that would be less than what you're doing. Actually, it's every four weeks. Yeah. In fact, there's day there's Adam just mentioned, there's, there's actually a study that shows that missing a week every four weeks. So every fourth week taking it off has no effect on your progress. They actually took two groups and had them work out. And one group worked out every week. The other work group worked out for three weeks, took a week off, three weeks, took a week off at the end of the study, the same, they had the same results. Other studies show that less frequently taking time off, like what you're doing, actually resulted in better progress. So actually taking a week off mm -hmm. two to four to six times a month, uh, excuse me, a, a year, actually results in in better progress. So understanding that, I'm also going to add that it's still healthy to move. It's still healthy mentally and physically to just move. So if you want to go into the hotel gym because you enjoy it, it's 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 good for your mental health. It's some it's the way you like to start your day and start your structure. I totally get that. As far as programming is concerned, look, I could give you a workout program and I can send you one that you can use when you travel and you don't even need a hotel gym to do it. Um, or, and I'll say, you can go to the hotel gym and literally just do this. One exercise per body part. That's it. So start with the big body parts. Go legs, back, chest, shoulders, arms, core, and you're done. So I think I listed like five exercises. So if you did that and you did a moderate intensity, you, you're going to be totally fine. It, now, if you didn't work out at all, you're also going to be totally fine. So that's the other, other, other side of it. Now, we have a program uh, called Maps Anywhere where if you just had resistance bands uh, and your body weight, you don't even need to go to a hotel gym. You could just do that. And you could pick from the workouts there and it's all written and structured for you. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'd say we send that over so you have that at your disposal. But I'm, I'm with Sal. I mean, just so you know what we all do, actually, mm -hmm. what normally happens is I take the week off. Justin shows up a couple times, does some bicep curls and <laughs> bench press and like shoulder press stuff. Just like for the pool. Yeah, just yeah. some pool muscle yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then Sal gets up and does his religious routine, but he does like a, just like he suggested to you, one exercise per body group. But that's, I mean, we all do that. That's kind of our, our route. We travel all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. We just got back from Nashville for a week. Uh, I didn't train a single day the entire time. Justin, I think, made it down once or twice yeah. to the gym. Sal hit every morning uh, and did his routine that he just said. So I, you would be fine. But I also recognize like my clients that are – so you sound like you're more like Sal – and you, you like your routine of doing things like that. And so I'd probably push you in that direction of like, you know, just go do what he said, pick an exercise, provide it's not and a big deal. you can't go wrong. And you can't go wrong. You're going to be yeah. just fine because I would be afraid to tell you to do what I do, which is take the week completely off because some people take that week off and then they, that gives them the excuse to eat bad and then they fall off their routine. Or just and, mentally, they just, not, yeah, or, I, I yeah. do it for the mental effects. I like starting my day off that way, really. But totally. But because for me, it's the same. Like I like, I, like to obviously relax on vacation. That's why it's not supposed to be like a crazy hard workout, but I need, I love starting my day that way. I like being in the routine. Mm -hmm. um, and then similarly on that note to what you're saying, like 
I mentioned usually not the best sleep when you're traveling for me, especially going to Europe a lot. It's jet lag. It's a red eye flight from the East coast there. And then I also do have, I started seeing an integrative medicine doctor around the same time I found out about you guys. And I do have high cortisol. I've been taking ashwagandha and L-theanine, but, and it's gone down, but like consistently testing really high. So would even doing like body weight only yes. exercises yes, be? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Or does that not send any of the like no, muscle? That's a great, signal? that's a great. And the fact that you add that information to us, yeah. you're the person who's more likely to overdo it in this situation. In fact, you are overdoing it right yeah, now. Yeah, you already, so you, you would be better off. Taking doing, it off. doing like I do, which is take right. the whole week mm-hmm. off. But I also respect that if it if it is, I mean, Sal don't take the week off, even though he probably should too. It's because it's such a, a mental thing for him that that sets the tone for if his I day. If I take the day off, these guys don't want to be around me. I'm kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm already annoying. I get more annoying. So, so if that's the case, then yeah, go there. And honestly, yeah, you just move. In fact, stretching, yeah, walking on the treadmill, it, it, you know, so if that friend. can give you that those same... Those same good positive vibes and juices flowing and make you feel like you did something good for your body for the day, then do more recuperative stuff, body weight stuff, mobility stuff, walking on the treadmill, set the tone for the day. You're more likely to overdo it by, you know, trying to overcomplicate the workout with weights and push intensity, mm-hmm. especially knowing the, your situation already yeah. and the fact that you're probably jet lagged. So Helen, I'm gonna give you some advice you didn't ask for because now that I ha- I got more information and I know that your cortisol is high when it shouldn't be and your integrated uh, medicine specialist is telling you that you're doing too much. Uh, let's talk about your normal routine. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing too much. You're doing too mm-hmm. much. And of all the things that you mentioned, the one day a week of strength training, you're doing reformer work and you're running, mm-hmm. you and you're running. Is there anything else? Um, if I'm not running, I do try to get like a good amount of steps, um, 10 K, but sometimes up to like 20 K. Okay, how many days a week are you doing? Uh, are you exercising? Um, four. Okay, and one of those is strength training, and then the other three are what? How many days a week is reformer? How many days a week would be the running slash? Three, I guess. Then like three times a week reformer to two times a week reformer running. Sometimes doubling, like doing a Pilates and running if it's a weekend day, and then walking. I try for every day. Okay, cut the the running out. Just do mm-hmm. that. Just cut the running out. You can go walk. You can go walk still. Yeah, but don't don't go crazy with that either. Cut yeah. it out. You know what's going to happen if you do what I tell you? You're going to get better results. In fact, if you have to stay busy, if you just like to be active, uh, I would do some yin yoga, some very restorative type exercise. Don't do more Pilates because I know reformer work. People think uh, that's not restorative. That's actually a workout. So I would yeah. do I would do like uh, like stretching, yin yoga mobility, an outdoor hike, uh, at kind of just this leisure type walk, but cut the running out. That's not benefiting you. In fact, it's hurting you right now. Mm-hmm. Now your other option is to keep doing what you're doing. And I would take a week off every five or six weeks, but I don't think you're okay. going to do that. Yeah. I don't think you're going to do that. So, so, uh, cut the running out, watch what happens. I think you'll get, you'll be really happy with your, your progress. Awesome. Thank you guys. You got it. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. I feel like we we should write an ebook or something along the lines of this avatar. This is such a common yep. a challenge and client, right? The, the train. This is actually my client. Like I've trained so many of these. This is what I ended up training mostly, and they do. They all they all tend to lean into more is better, and you know maybe putting together something where we can communicate that uh, to this person. Uh, 
better than what we already do because I feel like we talk about this a lot. Yeah, but it, it seems to be a challenge. What for it a lot is is besides the potential unhealthy relationship that people can develop with exercise because that's that's a real thing too. Is the the mental effects? I mean, I've identified that for myself. Like if I start the day off with some kind of workout, even if it's low intensity, that's what I do when I go to the hotels. In fact. Last week when we were in Tennessee, I was sick, so I didn't, it wasn't a workout. I just went in and did some movement. It just mentally, it's so beneficial. And I know a lot of people get the benefit of that. The problem is that they also combine it with a workout, they end up overtraining. Yeah. So it's really just about kind of moving than it is anything else and starting your day off that way. Well, it's hard too. you build that association where your body changes, you get in a better, healthier place, but then you still add um, that same mentality of like yeah. adding more and like doing more aggressive, you know, style training, more intense training uh, to where the point is not benefiting you the same way. No. Anymore. And so that's, that's the hard part is recognizing that and shifting. So you still move, but you'd move with, with less intensity. Yeah, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to make this point again. If you work out consistently and you don't miss a week, you don't miss a workout, literally taking a week off every quarter, mm. take a complete week off. If that's all you did, you'll get better results. Okay, one more thing. What is reformer? You don't know what reformer is? No, I've never heard of it. It looks yeah. like the Pilates thing where they're it's like, the, it's the, like the bench with and the, it slides, the cable things and, and it they slides your feet to it. It looks kind of like a, a, a sophisticated uh what was the what was the thing that Chuck Norris did? Oh, oh the total gym. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a more oh, okay. sophisticated yeah. version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got so, it. But it is, uh, yeah, I tell you why, since she's going to probably listen to this and she was already doing that, she'd be even better off dropping all of that and doing two days of full body strength of training. Of course. Yep. You know, so yeah. if you want even- I tried to be realistic. You want the most I, optimal yeah, way. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Like, I, I have a good girlfriend of mine that actually runs a, a reformer class and, you know, trying to, I've been trying, she's always asking me like, oh, what can I do? My body's not changing. I'm like, uh- Don't do the reformer. <laughs> stop doing your business. It's like, <laughs> do strength train two times or three times a week. Well, yeah. I do. Reformer strength training. I'm like, eh, uh, yes, it, it is, but it's not the same as you. By the way, someone well, listening is like, it's hard. Yeah. You should try. Yeah, I know it's hard. There's a lot of hard stuff that doesn't get your body to change. Like, that's that's not the point. Yeah, no. I'm, so if she does, you know, that would be a goal is to to move into more strength training and more barbell, dumbbell strength training uh, and away from that. But I know, and I'm going to get crucified from all the hardcore reformer people that are out there. They're going to reform Reformer. Reformer. <laughs> <laughs> Our next caller is David from the Netherlands. David, what's happening? How can we help you? Hey, uh, guys. Well, uh, first of all, it's very cool to be here. It's, uh, it's really exciting. Um, I've uh, sent in two, uh, two questions and um, uh, I would like to uh, start with the first one. Okay. All right. Um, as a trainer, uh, would you view demonstrating and performing exercises for clients several hours per day as kind of trigger sessions or any other form of exercise? And to be a little more, bit more uh, specific, would you count it as volume? And if so, how would you modify uh, your own training? Yeah, no, it's it's you're just demonstrating. You're good not working question. out. Yeah, you're moving. Yeah. It's movement, but it's not really yeah, a workout. Yeah, I would I would classify it like a trigger session. I think that's like one of the one of the best. Maybe. Things. I mean, how many reps you're doing? I mean, when I used to demonstrate exercises, I wouldn't do like I wasn't doing like ten reps or anything like that uh, for the most part. But 
It's movement. I would say yeah. it's more movement than anything. Yeah, activity. I mean, if you're going to count it as steps, I think that's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, it's not going in my volume, right? So if I'm tracking my total volume of, of what I'm doing for total volume in all exercises or my legs or my chest, I'm not like, oh, shit, I did, you know, 12 pushups today teaching right. my clients. Like, I'm not going to add that. So it's like I, I treat it like movement slash trigger sessions. Yeah. And treat it as like, that's awesome for you. That's one of the, by the way, it's a great benefit of training. I miss that. I miss that too. I, you bring it up. Yeah. That's something Ugh. that, uh, you know, you underestimate uh, how much that helps in the, you know, total calorie burn, send a signal that to, to keep muscle. It like, feels good to move. Yeah. It's so good for you to do that. And I miss that as a trainer. Like I haven't had that for a long time. Yeah. It so. would be different if you were like a group X instructor yeah, and you were point. like, Good doing point. the class with the class, you know, if you're doing the workout with your client, that's different. But if you're just mm -hmm. showing an exercise and then have them do it, you know, that's a good point. So, cause I had trainers that were like that, right? Some of my trainers, they were very interactive with their clients and they love to like do push up hand claps. And they're like, yeah, they're like, like doing the workout. With yeah. Them. If you're getting into the workout like that, that's a little bit different. But if you're just like, Hey, this is how you do a bench press. You get under to the weight that they do, which is probably a, a you know fraction of what you can do. And you're teaching technique yeah, five movement. reps or whatever that that's just movement. Yeah. So as a, as a follow-up question to, to that, um, would you then, um, if you have a day where you like have like five or six clients and you have been demonstrating and performing exercises all day, would you then add another trigger session yourself or? How long have you been training for people? Uh, three years now. Yeah. It doesn't count. It, yeah. You, you, yeah. Trigger sessions will be separate. I wouldn't yeah. count it. Yeah. It's just being active. You're just moving. Yeah. What okay. Add afterwards. Yep. All right. So, um, and my second question was uh, about uh, intermittent fasting. And I know kind of the stance uh, on intermittent fasting as a fat loss tool that it's maybe not the best because of the uh, kind of restrict binge promoting uh, behavior. That's right. Mm -hmm. How would you view it if it's for someone to control like healthy snacking, quote unquote? Uh, if the rest of the uh, diet is on point. Okay. So, yeah. All right, let me guess. So you're saying that you like to eat in a time-restricted way because it's a great way for you to structure your eating. Otherwise, you tend to just eat throughout the day. Or is this for your clients? I think he might be asking for his Is this for your clients or for you? It's uh, it's kind of both. So it's I, I, I really want to... Uh, like have the proper words to formulate this to uh, to clients. But for myself, it's like when I eat throughout the day, I split my meals up. So like when I have five meals, I split it up uh, across the day, but I tend to have like more urges, urges to uh, have some more in between uh, compared to when I it all in a time window, but still account for the same amount of protein, for example. And, and uh, uh, I, I, I feel like I have less urge to snack in between because the next meal is coming faster. So I'll tell you what I used to tell my clients about snacking. I tell you that snacking is a made up word. There's no such thing as snacks. There's incomplete meals and complete meals. And my goal is for every time that you consume food, we have a complete meal. So you have an urge to sit down and have a snack. We're not going to have a snack. Let's have a meal. Pair that with protein, get some good fiber in there, have a good amount of good clean carbohydrates. Like 
So throw out this idea of snacking and grazing throughout the day. Snacking is snacks are a made up word to market to people to buy shit and snack on it all day. You either are eating a complete meal or you're eating an incomplete meal. My goal for myself, my goal for my clients is to teach you how to make complete meals. It could be a small meal, it could be a very tiny meal, but I want you to eat a balanced, complete meal. So that's how I used to tell my clients around snacking and teaching them to not snack. Yeah, what you're doing is you're you're identifying uh, behaviors and what works or doesn't work. Like you know, because some people are actually the opposite. Some people are better off not eating for a period of time. Other other you know, because if they eat small meals, it actually makes them want to eat more, and vice versa. So this is all an individual thing, and, and you got to kind of find what works for the person. So see how they work, uh, how it works for them. I should say uh, how they feel what encourages better behaviors and relationships with food. And then you can help, that'll help you kind of, you know, direct where you're going to go with this. All right. Okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks for, uh, for your answers. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thank you guys. Bye-bye. All right, Dad. Take care, man. It did look like, it did look like he was in a steam room, huh? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all foggy <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah. It's nice. yeah. yeah. That's, um, you know, the, the question about movement. I mean, he's a trainer, so he's overthinking things, yeah, uh, yeah. but it's just activity. Yeah. Know, really like, you know, it's like, do I count every step I take as a calf raise? Because I'm no, but a good, discu toes, but well, good, good discussion though, though because yeah. it did make me remember like the trainers that did work out. Yeah, with group class. X instructors who used to do the well, class with well, the class. Yes, that was yeah. holy. Yeah, that's a no brainer yeah. that to work or like out. Spin instructors, but I, I, I did have trainers that loved to do that. Like no, I had, yeah. I had some trainers that that was, do like the medicine ball squat. Everything with them. they did yeah. everything with them. Yeah. They loved to get the little workout and sweat with them, and they found it you know inspiring. I never could do. I never got hell no. I do miss that though, like unracking racking weights yes. like carrying it around the gym, like all yeah. day long like just doing that yes because then you know the the contrast of that now of us sitting on our butt and then like being in traffic and totally just like, and all day all day yeah yeah so we gotta you know make up for that and then the the snacking thing i just that you know i snack is made up it's yeah. not it's not a thing yeah no so I it's totally a marketing thing it's, it's not a, a meal it's, it's a not, snack no it's it's, it's <laughs> like you snack. either eat a complete meal or you eat an incomplete meal yeah. and i and if you want a quote unquote snack okay well then we'll eat a smaller meal and let's make sure that we go and here's why that's so important is like it it's already difficult for people to hit their protein intake consistently if you fill up the day with these little mini snacks of incomplete meals, meaning that you're not balanced with some protein in there with the right ratio, like yeah, 20, yeah. 20, 20, you're not going to hit, you're not going to usually carb heavy. That's right. Yeah. They're almost always carbon. Nobody snacks on a chicken. But you know breast. what this came from, by the way? <laughs> you know like everybody snacks on crackers and shit yeah. that is. By like, the way, you know where this came from? This came from the, the myth that you need to eat throughout the day, small meals, you know, before that, like snacking. And it was the food industry, the food industry cre in like really pushed this like what are you going to do for snacks and what about in between meals like how are we going to sell more products when you're not actually sitting down to eat like yeah it's just a, it's it's totally a made up thing our next caller is Brad from Washington DC Brad what's happening how can we help you what you hey. what you producing back there oh, are you, are you call center what's oh, going on don't worry about it you know <laughs> <laughs> it looks like some CIA oh, hush, hush. Hey, it's the NSA they finally yeah, got a hold of you see a, you see a whoa, video whoa 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 easy guy, guy. I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to lose my job here come on <laughs> what's happening man how can we help you um so first of all uh thank you guys um you guys hear it all the time but you're the best um love your content I've been listening since about uh episode 500 so I've been around a little while not quite since the beginning but uh 
uh, damn near close to it. So love you guys. Awesome. Uh, Adam, I want to thank you, especially for, um, you know, your advice helped me, you know, call my, uh, uh, my, my, my horse inventory, uh, it, it, m- many fewer horses than I used to have. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was, that was me in the Facebook forum that, that, uh, that posted that. I just wanted to shout uh, that out. Nice. Nice. Good stuff. You got to let me know what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, go ahead and get into my question here. Um, so I've had incredible results with aesthetic and strong, um, and right now I'm kind of in a place where I want to, uh, get some, you know, work towards some new athletic goals. I'd like to cut about 10 to 15 pounds to become a little more agile and, uh, take a little bit of strain off of an ankle injury that I'm kind of rehabbing, uh, right now, 40 years old, 511, uh, walk around at about 185, 12 to 15% body fat. And I'm kind of guessing on that. Um, but I'd like to kind of, I'd like to get to like 170, um, and, uh, you know, maintain that, that, that body fat. Right. So any lower than like kind of 10%, um, I tend, you know, tends to affect my quality of life. And then, so my question is how can I best, you know, lose weight, um, without sacrificing too much strength, kind of with the understanding that, you know, there is going to be some strength loss there. Brad, you know, you're 5'11", 185, your body weight's not bad for athleticism. So now if you were like, 205, 210, 220, then I would give you advice that'd be a little more targeted towards losing size. But what I'll say to you is this, first off, is there a specific sport that you want to get better at or is it just general athleticism? So uh, I play a lot of uh, soccer. I'd like to try and you know, get about two games in a, well, definitely one, at least one game in a week, uh, maybe two. I And real quick to preface that, I, uh, you know, I started this, this journey at like 155. So I've gone up to about as high oh, as wow. uh, to like 195, and it just feels, you know, when I'm running around, sure. like yeah, it feels it feels heavy, <laughs> dude. Yeah, for sure. This is okay. So this is gonna, not going to be too this hard. This is all conditioning. This okay. is not going to be that hard for you. So what I would say is play more soccer, lift less weights, and don't worry too much about trying to cut your calories. Eat healthy, and then what'll happen is your body will adapt to be better at what you're doing more of. So yeah. I would play more soccer. I would do strength training. Like once a week, yeah, a MAPS a week. performance style uh, workout. MAPS performance has the best <clears throat> athletic workouts. Play soccer two to three days a week, uh, one day a week of strength training with that. And then your body weight should settle at a good athletic body weight without having to try to lose too much. How, how long How long has it been since you played soccer? Um, I've been off. I've been kind of taking it easy with my ankle for like the last two months. Oh, okay. Okay. That's okay. Cause that was the one thing I would have changed advice wise. Cause like this is, I would love to go play basketball right now. And if I mm-hmm. just started playing basketball right now, I would for sure t- tear yeah, something, something right out the yeah. gates. If I didn't lean down or get smaller first, You're also but, a big gorilla. Uh, but yeah. you, <laughs> you've already been playing soccer in, in the last six months. And so his advice yeah. is perfect. Like you literally, I mean, you could even reduce the strength training down and just be more focused on on playing soccer. Like what? literally one That's day, it. one day a week of of lifting from Maps Performance, and then the rest of it just playing soccer. And, and, and your working. body will adapt. Yeah. What does your mobility practices look like? So I'm doing um, yoga at least once a week, and um, that's that's a uh, usually twice. Um, but that's that's about it in terms of mobility. I would try and get a little more specific with that, especially if um, you know we're going to increase the amount of uh, times that you're out there on the field and running around and and you know getting a lot of impact on those joints, especially in the beginning. Instead of just the aimless workout or aimless uh, warm up, I should say, 
um, to to be specific and get like good three like solid mobility yeah. exercises for you to just do prior to getting on the field and then also after um, mm-hmm. just to reinforce that and make sure that we're getting good stability control um, and and that's activated so that way you know you're because because this this amount of impact it's gonna it's gonna add up pretty quickly if you're if that's gonna be your focus for a while so do you, to maintain do you, that justin you have okay one off the top of my head so i love it's combat like stretch is one yeah okay, go ahead. yeah combat stretch uh, a walking um lizard with rotation i love that for athletes like to warm up in because Dude, if you yeah just did they the call mo- the world's greatest stretch oh that's, that's what it's if called if you just that's did the mobility sessions for mass performance yeah I yeah but well, I, where justin's yeah, going with, yeah. Three. yeah three specific good mobility things before you get into every soccer like you're not going to run a whole mobility no, no, flow no, no. before like literally that's uh, the combat stretch and maybe inchworm yeah the yeah. world's greatest stretch you're kind of hitting well it's kind of hitting with the world's greatest so uh, those two for sure yeah let's do that something lateral laterally yes. yes yeah lateral lunge hop i think that's in the uh the the um uh, mass performance so those oh. three those three movements every every time before you get on the field like that it'd be a great way to kind of prime the body before you you get on the field. Yeah, squat same yep. thing yeah yep. gotcha yeah Awesome. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed as I get older, like when I was 30, like I could just jump on the field (laughs) and, and run for 90 minutes and, and I'd be sore the next day. But it's nothing like it is now. Yeah, yeah, I feel yep. that. Yeah, <laughs> I have to do it, dude. Uh, uh, and what do you think about? So just, so just lifting once a week. You think you yep. think it'll be all right? Yes, yeah, yes, dude. bro. You're gonna be fine. That's gonna be plenty. Yeah, you'll trip out. Less is more at this point. Yep. That's you, guys. And then uh, protein. Yeah, I'm pretty dialed on the on the on the nutrition stuff. You know, protein about about a gram per keep it the uh, same per pound. Yep. yep. Yeah. Keep it the same. Don't don't cut your calories to try and lose. That's weight. actually probably the most important thing. You might even be able to get away with increasing calories a little bit because of all the extra cardio and movement you're going to be. I, doing. I mean, it'll so. bring his weight down. Is what'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, keep it the same. But keep that protein up. That would be the probably the only thing that could sacrifice the muscle the fastest would be to all of a sudden just let go of hitting your protein intake area. But if you're good about that, one day of good strength training of of mass performance mobility drills before you play soccer and start playing more soccer. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks back, I cut calories pretty drastically by about a thousand. And, uh, I don't know, man, just felt, felt like crap. Like yeah. it didn't really feel right. Yeah. Predictable. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Expect. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. I appreciate it. You All got right. it, man. All right, Brad. Thanks, Brad. All right. Yep. Go spy on people. You got to fill me in on the horse thing. What was that all about? I have no idea. I got to go to the forum and look. I'm trying to remember what he's talking yeah. about. Right now. Maybe I'm, yeah, that's, that's horses those, growing up. Where someone right? says something the, once, and you're like, what? And then they say yeah. it again. You're like, huh? And they say it again. And you're just like, you're embarrassed to ask again. So you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, dude. I I, the that. only thing I could think of is when we were talking about you were teasing me about the horses, but then he says he let go of a bunch of. What horses? was I teasing you about? With the no, I remember my my family like we're poor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or so, you guys own a bunch yeah. of horses. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm maybe Doug can look him up yeah. on the forum and see. You know, this, this whole like financially sound. For this him. whole I need to lose a bunch of size to be more athletic. That's true when you're like big. When you're a big. Person well, we were just talking about this. Yeah, you yeah. and I, you and I were literally just before we got on the podcast. I made a comment to Sal. Uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get really really skinny and small, and he's like, "What? What you mean shredded?" And I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm gonna just I'm gonna start just doing cardio crazy." He's like, "Dude, do you not listen to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we tell you." I'm like, "No, I actually want to lose muscle too. I think I want to just kind of shrink down completely." What do you weigh right now? I'm about two twenty five. Yeah, see, that's that's right. See, that's you're a big dude, right? So, yeah. and but my, if you were like two oh five, my basketball weight is like one eighty five, yeah. one ninety. Well, I was gonna say so that's like a huge difference. right. So let's say you were two oh five right now. Yeah, all you would have to do, of course, with the prerequisites of having the mobility and all stuff, would just be play more basketball, yeah. lift less weights, 
and then your body will just adapt. You'll form into it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. that's and that's the thing. And it does. I mean, a, a sport like soccer or like basketball, yep. it's just like constant running, explosive movements. So to to have like mass isn't quite no. as advantageous. And it really matters when you're somebody who is 40 years old, and when he, like him, when he was 30, he was used to being one. What was he? 150. He said 155. Yeah, yeah, 155, and you're at 30 years old. Now you're 10 years older and 30 pounds more on yeah. you. Like that makes a that makes a big so difference. Your, your basketball weight was 185. Yeah, 185, wow. 190. Wow. What and was your football weight? I was 225. Uh, so you just you're still beefy. <laughs> yeah. That's football. Well, I mean, I, I got all the way up to. It's also though. I mean, it also speaks to why he's so he's way more agile than we are today. Is that he's not he's that the, far, he's not that far off from his football he's weight. He's got the thick yeah, ankles that support constant anything. square body. Yeah. 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 SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Our next caller is Cassie from Montana. Hi, Cassie. How can we help you? Hello. Well, just like everybody does, I first want to say um, thank you and that I'm super excited to meet with you all. Um, it's like meeting a celebrity, but honestly better because of the authenticity that you guys bring to your podcast. So I feel like I already know you all and that you're all super cool dudes that I would want to hang out with someday. Um, it's just a big honor. And so I'm Thank a little you. starstruck right now, but I'll stop fangirling and get into my question. What a great compliment. Um, yeah, thanks. So just a little bit of background. I've been lifting consistently for like four years. And, um, after buying a bundle of your guys, I realized how much I loved low rep strength training. And previous to that, I'd really only focused on like probably six to eight reps and above. But um, yeah, I just have had a lot of fun with that. And I've kind of, I'm in the last part of your anabolic uh, program right now. And I'm doing like the, I think it's 12 to 15. And I kind of just find myself getting bored at the end of that set, which maybe means I'm not going hard enough. But anyways, I just, yeah, I feel like now training in higher rep sets, I get just bored and don't really want to do it anymore. So I know it's good to train both, but I would actually prefer the effects of hypertrophy training rather than the low rep training. So I feel like I'm in a weird place of like switching back and forth and not getting good effects from either or good results from either and just not really sure where to go next. All right, Cassie. Well, first off, all those rep ranges build muscle. Okay. So I know that they label some hypertrophy and some strength. But they all build muscle. And then keep this in mind. Uh, first off, most people have a rep range that they prefer. So you're you're normal. You're common. That's very common. Most people are like, I love all rep ranges. Some some people like high reps and other people's like, like like low reps. Doing the other rep ranges will make you better at the rep range that you enjoy doing the most. Okay. So avoiding the high rep training is actually going to start to hinder your low rep training. You may start to find your joint pain goes up a little bit. You may start to find that you hit plateaus much faster um, mm -hmm. or you're just stuck in a plateau. So you still, you got to train in those other rep ranges if you want to continue to progress and avoid plateaus and avoid, you know, things like injury. Now, that being said, you don't have to spend equal amounts of time in each of those rep ranges. Now, I know we write, we write the programs that way because that's a very balanced approach, but you could spend three weeks in a low rep range and do a week of a higher rep range and go back to low rep. Like you, you can play with it in that way to where when you start to feel the negative effects of the low rep, like for me, if I go low rep for too long, I start to notice it in my joints and then the connective tissue and at the insertion points of my muscles, I start to notice things stop feeling good and I start to plateau and I start to 
hurt a little bit, in which case I'll switch to the higher reps and I'll do it long enough to where I start to feel like I'm good again. And then I'll go back to low reps. Mm -hmm. So you could totally do that if you prefer the low rep train. There's nothing wrong with that. Keep in mind okay. that the thing that we tend to like doing the least tends to give us the best results. So uh, all Sal's advice is correct. And I agree. And I think that's a totally good, viable strategy. But then also don't allow yourself to feel like in, you know, say a year or two years down your training, like, man, my, I just can't get past this plateau or I'm really trying to, you know, lean out more or I wish I was getting a little stronger. And you've been kind of training this way for a long. This is what happens. People, they fall in love with a rep range. They fall in love with a training modality and they tend to stick in there 90% of the time. And then maybe they bounce out a little bit and go back in. And then they're frustrated because they're, they're not seeing the change they want to see in their body, whether that be strength or aesthetically or whatever performance, whatever. And the answer is like, well, how long has it been since you've done X, Y, or Z? And many times it's like, oh, well, I, I kind of do that, but then I get right back to this. And it's like, well, I know you don't like doing that. But if you actually stuck in that a little bit longer, you'd probably see more results in the direction that you want to go. So just keep that in mind as you are leaning harder into the – but to be honest, when I get a female client that I can get to actually love the low reps and lifting heavy, I tend to yeah, not – that's a win. Yeah, it is a big win. I, there's rarely ever I'm going to try and convince you to go the other way because I think most yeah. women and people in general tend to do the high rep circuit training thing. So the, I love the fact that you like to strength train, and if there was a rep range that I would have you stick in the longest, it would be that. Yeah, same. And and that's the thing is we all have our preferences. And it kind of to, to both their points, like the way that I, I tend to train for the most part is it, it would look like – uh, maps performance phase one and then phase two, I kind of interrupt it with. And so that, because of the fact that I'm, I'm training in multiple planes and that's kind of the focus, but the, the volume's a lot higher, the reps are higher. Um, and that's just a way to kind of break it up, but also account for my joints, longevity function and, you know, my strength stability. Uh, and then I'll jump right back into doing like more lower rep, uh, type lifting with that as well. So it's like you, you can still kind of stay and, and hone in on what you like doing the best, but you do have to kind of break that up in order to maintain the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And my first, like I said, I've been lifting for like four years. The first two, two and a half years of that, I was only doing those higher uh, reps. And so like, unless I'd randomly throw in a one rep max in there and then I'd just get frustrated and not do it for a long time because I was like, well, I mean, I'm barely getting stronger. So why would I keep doing one rep maxes? But yeah, in the first phase of anabolic, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like it's a lot of fun and I can stay engaged in the whole set. And yeah, I just, I'm hoping to move towards doing a little bit more of that. And it sounds like that's okay. And we'll still build muscle. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, consider this too, as you continue on this journey or relationship with strength training, you'll start to develop different relationships with different types of exercise and rep ranges and, uh, and, and, you know, programming styles because circumstances change or you'll notice certain things about your body or I appreciate higher rep training more now than I ever did because I'm at a place now where continuing to push heavy weight just has more risk versus reward. And so now I actually find more value in some of that other training. So this is an ever evolving uh, relationship. So you, you might not, you're probably not going to be here forever, but nonetheless, you know, the advice we're giving you is, is, a, is a way to maintain good progress and health and do what you love doing the most, most frequently.
Yeah. So then for me next, I mean, right now I'm in the last phase of anabolic. I was thinking about maybe getting power lift. Is that yes. something I should try? Or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll send we'll, that to we'll you. Send that to you. Yeah. I lo- would love to hear you go through power lift. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Yep. You got it. Well, yeah. Thank you guys. And if you have any other advice for that, I'm all ears, but otherwise that was my big question and just kind of what direction I should go next. So if you guys agree with power lift, then I'm super excited about that. All right. I love, I love that idea. I think you're in an incredible place right now. This is a place I think we're trying to get most of our clients to get. So I think you're doing great. Just keep in mind all the advice that we gave. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And I look forward to listening to every episode in the future. (laughs) Oh, thank you. All right, Cassie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you got to consider like what you enjoy doing is an important value and a factor that you want to consider. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just the, understand. It's the most important. Yeah, exactly. But just understand how to use all the other methods and tools mm-hmm. in order so that you can do what you enjoy doing. Because if you, what you enjoy doing, if you do it too often, too frequently, and you don't pay attention to other things, then what sometimes happens is your ability to do what you love starts to decline because of injury, overuse, or imbalances. You just need to understand the adaptation process with exercise in the body. And it's like what I used to tell a lot of the Orange Theory clients that I had that love to go to Orange Theory. And I'd say, man, you love to go. You you have this routine. You go every single week. You get you hang out with your girlfriend at lunch afterwards. It keeps you consistent and keeps your cardiovascular endurance up. But you're plateaued. You're not seeing any results. Well, there's a good reason why that is because that's what you've been doing for years. Right. And your body needs something else if you need change. If you need change, change and want to see change in your body, then you we need to change the adaptation. We need to change the way you're training in order for you to get, to stimulate and see new change and growth in the body. So you have to weigh those out always. You have to be balanced. So it's totally okay to become this person who's always kind of training this way because you love doing it. It's what keeps you consistent. Just keep in mind if and when, and the, the win is for sure, that plateau comes. And, and if you're still seeking change and you want to see the body change in a different way, well, a good reason why it probably is is because you're doing the same things that you've been doing for months or even potentially years. Look, if you like Mind Pump, Head over to Instagram, Mind Pump Media. You can get a workout every single week for under $5 a month. Mind Pump Media. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump DeStefano, and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.